0: Sometimes when we gather together, we are transported into eternity. And uh, I sensed that tonight as we were singing Victory in Jesus and also just the comments and then, man, I just love men singing and what a encouragement. The blood of Christ cleanses us from all sin. What a tremendous blessing that is. And uh, greet you in Jesus' name this evening. And I'm grateful that Ellie is able to be here with me. Um, we had a good trip back. And the other thing I wanted to say, just the uh, little expressions of kindness and... Uh, Gifts. I think both nights I went out to the car and there was a basket or a, a goodies there. And uh, I sure enjoyed some goodies on the way home last night uh, as I was headed back to Delaware. And so thank you so much for your kindness and for your love. And I don't know what you think, but you know for the evangelists coming in There's so much that he receives or we receive by being among you and I'm already tonight it's like the third night and I feel I find my heart being pulled towards you guys in ways that just bless me and I I'm looking forward to being able to interact with you even more throughout the week and I would just encourage you to pray. I've learned long ago the enemy is determined to keep us from hearing the truth and from responding to the truth. And it's the prayers of God's people that are able to overpower his determination to take away from what God wants to do in our hearts this week. And so I just encourage you to pray much for these meetings together. And let's bow our heads and sing together Come Gracious Spirit, Heavenly Dove as a prayer song for tonight. Come Gracious Spirit, Heavenly Dove to one day be in eternity with you. Father, we're here on this earth and we are challenged and face the battle of an enemy who's determined to destroy our souls. And I just pray that there would not be any soul lost here that's here this evening. Lord, may you just draw our hearts to you tonight. Help us to understand your heart and your desire for each one of us. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. I'd like you to take your Bibles and go to Luke chapter 15 for a text for the message tonight. Most likely, we have heard this text often as the story of the prodigal son. But I'd like to talk a bit about gifts from the father's heart. Four gifts from the father's heart. Now a gift from your dad is a special thing. I think I was 12, maybe 13, and at Christmas time, usually the money didn't go too far, but one time my dad said, Dave, come with me. We walked out of the house and we went back to the shed behind the house. And as I came around the corner of the shed, there was a brand new 26 inch Schwinn bicycle. And guess what? It was for me. It was truly a gift from my father's heart. And you know what? I? cleaned that bike, I waxed that bike, I put a speedometer on that bike, I drove that bike to school, and it was truly a gift from my father's heart. But may I say this evening that there are even greater gifts that I received from my earthly father that were things not material. One comes to me right now. We were standing out by the pig pen, four of us boys and my dad, and he was lamenting that he didn't have much to give us in the way of earthly goods. But I'll never forget this. With tears in his eyes, he said to us, but boys, I hope that I have given you what you need to get you safely to the other side. Gifts, his love, his time, his encouragement, his approval, playing basketball. I love basketball and I could see my dad sitting on the sidelines as I was playing at Greenwood Mennonite School and I would see the look of approval in his eyes. Gifts from the Father's heart. But more than that, his example is a tremendous gift to me, and his willingness to apologize. There are so many gifts that come from a father's heart. And so, in significant ways tonight, this story, this parable opens the blinds or the curtains of the window of God's heart towards you. And it's a loving heart. It's a grieving heart, it's a longing heart that we see manifested here. Because every one of us sitting here either are the prodigal son or have been the prodigal son. We either are a lost sheep or we have been a lost sheep. We either are the lost coin or we have been a lost coin. In fact, we know, if we're honest, we know what happens when we take our own way. We know what happens when we run away from home. I guess I tried it one time as a boy. I got as far as the chicken house. It was rather lonely out there. My intent of making them feel bad for the way I was treated translated then into feeling very much alone and lost. And I soon made my way back into the loving confines of our home. We know what it is like to give in to the flesh and to give in to sin. And all of us sitting here have either been impacted positively or negatively By our earthly fathers. And yet somehow God has chosen. And I love this. He's chosen this analogy. To somehow communicate to us. This word picture to illustrate to you and I. The kind of relationship he wants to have with each one of us sitting here tonight. Can you affirm with me this evening that fatherhood as God intended it to be, brings some tremendous gifts to children. It brings an identity, an acceptance, a security, a protection. It brings a heritage. It brings a future gifts from the Father's heart. But I ask this question tonight. What happens? What happens, people, when something goes wrong? What happens when the serpent slithers into the human family? What happens when sin robs the family of its heart and its soul? When tragedy takes the gifts of a father's heart away. When there's anger, when there's deprivation and abuse. When instead of joy and laughter, there are tears and sorrow. When instead of love and goodwill, there is tension and strife in the family. When instead of closeness, there is distance. None of you have used the silent treatment, I'm sure. My dad used to use it sometimes. And my mom, with her humor, would try to to get him away from the set jaw. (laughs) When instead of wholeness, there's a hole in the heart. Several weeks ago, we were at a church and after the service, I got a call from the mom and she said, Dave, could you all come over? Her 12-year-old daughter was really struggling and was trying to hurt herself. And I didn't know what we would find, but I called home and got some people praying. In this home, the father had left the home. When I got there, this girl, had calmed down, but she looked at me and she said, Brother Dave, how can God forgive my dad for what he's done? One night, coming home, we were at our house. Ellie and I were in the living room, and we had a young man. He was 16, I think, at the time, 17. He was living with us, and we waited up for him. He came from a home where he would run out into the woods at night when his dad came home because he wasn't sure what his dad was going to do. His dad had an alcohol problem, and so the relationship was really not there. And that particular night I asked Ellie, I said, should I go down to him? You know what? I went down to him, and he was laying across the bed in his bedroom, and he was just crying. And he looked up at me and he said, Dave, it's just not fair. He said, I try and I try, but it just seems like there's no way through. So what happens when the enemy comes in and robs a young man, a young woman, of the gifts of a father's heart? It's one of the passions of my life. I think there are children that go through things that they should never have to go through. Makes me so sad and it makes me angry. And yet, let me say that in this analogy, we have the illustration of a heavenly father who is a perfect father, who illustrates what a dad could be and what a dad should be to his children. And this passage tells us that our Heavenly Father is no stranger to pain, to heartache, to disappointment, to sadness. See, God never created mankind to one day spend eternal eternity in hell. God's desire is that every man is saved. And that every person expends eternity with him. But you know what? We live in a broken and a world where sin has changed the picture for mankind. You see, sadly, not all the lost sheep are found. About a year ago, we got the word that my wife's only sister had taken her life. She was disconnected from family for 20-some years and had a terminal illness but decided just to end it all. Not all the lost sheep are found. Not all of the prodigals come home. Not all of the elder brothers come inside to the party. I recall being at Rosedale as a student when minister's fellowship happened there. And during this particular minister's fellowship, the one in charge invited all the pastors to the front of the church who had wayward children. I'll never forget that. As one pastor after another, often in tears, came to the front of that sanctuary concerned for their wayward children. But in spite of the reality that not every lost sheep comes home, yet we discover in the character and heart of our heavenly Father some tremendous gifts. And I want to read beginning at verse 11 of this passage of scripture. Very familiar. He said a certain man had two sons, The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. Not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. And there he wasted. By the way, if you're here tonight and you have Christian parents, who love you and care for you. You ought to thank God. And you also ought to thank them. You have a gift that many people in our world never experience. A guy I was working with one day, he said, Dave, can I ride with you back to the shop, which was at Milford? And I would have thought he had no interest in spiritual things. He had earrings, He had all sorts of things. And we get into the van, and he said, Dave, What do you guys believe and i began to share with him what we believed and you know what he got really quiet and he said to me he said dave i could handle that his father and mother were separated his father lived in new jersey i'm telling you there are many people in our world today who have no knowledge of what it's like to grow up in a secure and an intact and a loving family and if you have parents who care for you You should be thankful. Here's his son. He goes off. When he had spent all, there arose a famine, and he began to be in want. He went and joined himself unto a citizen of that country, and he began to be in want. He would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will arise. I love this. I will arise. (laughs) Action. Choosing rather. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to my father, I have sinned against heaven and against thee. I am no more worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your hired servants. Beautiful. And by the way, every one of us at some point or another has to come to the end of ourselves. You'll never really experience the love of the Father if you do not come to the end of yourself. He rose. Here it gets really loving. It's really interesting. He arose and came to his father, but when he was yet a great way off, note that, when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. He arose, wow, I'm not gonna read the rest, you know the story. The first gift from a father's heart is a father who looks down the road one more time. Can you catch that tonight? Are you listening to me? A father who looks down the road one more time let me ask you when have you prayed enough i think of a dear sister in our church whose son was my best friend we accepted the lord the same night we were baptized together but you know what he told me He said, you know what, Dave, I would give anything to have a dad like yours. In fact, he told me one time, he said, sometimes I just want to sit in the woods with my gun and blow my dad away. When his dad was in the hospital for gallbladder surgery, this young man ran away, went to his brothers in Texas. He wandered in a spiritual wilderness for forty some years, but right up here in the front of the church on a Wednesday night, his mother again and again would say, and we had prayed and prayed and prayed. She'd say, "Let's pray, let's pray for Paul." A father who looks down. This is the, this is a a perseverance, a, a love that perseveres against all evidence against all possibility of return a love that perseveres let's pray parents let me encourage you never give up let's never quit praying for the wayward for the ones who are lost for the let's never quit seeking the lost In fact, I really believe we should be seeking them even after they've left our circles because down deep in their hearts, they really do wonder whether anyone knows, whether anyone cares. Let me tell you what happened. One Sunday, Paul walked into our church, and he sat in our Sunday school class. And in Sunday school class, the question was asked, It was on the parable of the sower, the question was asked, do you sow seed on the hard soil? I don't remember the answer, but after Sunday school, Paul came up and sat with me and I remember thinking, I wonder if he can still sing. He had a tremendous bass voice. And I kind of think we sang the song, Dear Lord, take up the tangled strands where we have wrought in vain. After the service, he talked to a few people and then he made his way home to Oklahoma. His wife wasn't with him. I got a letter about a week later. And in the letter it said this, Dave, first I wanna answer a question that was asked in Sunday school class. Do you sow seed on the hard soil? And he said, yes, you do. He said, the Lord took what happened there that morning and just broke this hard heart of mine. Before he had gotten back to Oklahoma, he had given his heart to the Lord. He told his wife, he said, I've given my heart to Jesus. I'd love you if you would join me. It wasn't too long later until she gave her heart to the Lord. We're talking about a father who looks down the road one more time. A father who perseveres in his love for us. One, it's the, it's, the, uh, it's the shepherd who goes out for the lost sheep one more time. It's the woman who, who sweeps her floor one more time for the lost coin. A love that perseveres. But that's not all. The second thing, not only is it a father who looks down the road one more time, but it's a father who runs to meet you. And this is not the run of judgment. This is not the run with the scowl on the face. This is not the run that says, I told you so, you should have listened to me. <laughs> Isn't that me? It's, a, it's the run of compassion. A father who runs to, you know what? I am convinced that if we really knew how much God loves us, if we really could feel that in personal ways, it would eliminate a lot of our problems and struggles. See, Satan tells you God doesn't love you. He has, he has it in for you. That is not true. God loves us. And it says he ran to meet him. A father who runs to meet you. It's the love with the outstretched arms. And I think of Jesus on the cross. Isn't that something? You, you think about Jesus, his whole life was a demonstration of invitation, of desire, of wanting people to come to him. And even in the last chapter of the Bible, you still have the invitation. The Spirit and the bride say, Our God is an inviting God, our God is a God with the outstretched arms. And the father runs to meet us with his outstretched arms of compassion. That's not all. A father who embraces you. Makes me think of my daughter, Katrina. Ellie says that Katrina was my best counselor. (laughs) Sometimes she'd look at me and she'd say, Dad, do you need a hug? Do you know what an embrace feels like? The security of that, the blessing of that, a father who embraces you. And to me, that's the communication of forgiveness. I might have been, sometimes these stories, (laughs) I'm always 12 years old. I don't remember for sure how old I was, but we were at our friend's house for Sunday dinner. And guess what? They had ponies. We didn't have ponies, okay? And we were all excited about the fun we had that Sunday, and that night we got home from church when it was time to go to bed. There were four of us boys in one bedroom, and we just couldn't get done talking. And my dad didn't like to say things twice. He meant what he said the first time. So he told us to be quiet. And somehow we started talking again. And I think one more time he said, OK, guys, you've got to get settled down. And guess what? We started talking again. My brother claims I started it. I still don't believe it. (laughs) But this is what happened. He came in, and this time he meant business. Now, he usually didn't do this, but he started with my youngest brother, and he said, were you talking? And my youngest brother said, yes. And my dad disciplined him right there. And then he went to my brother John. Then he went to my brother Paul. I was the oldest. And when he came to me, I had just watched three of my brothers get a good. And when he said, Dave were you talking?" I said, no. My brother Paul immediately said, yes you were too. (laughs) You gotta love brothers. (laughs) You know what? I couldn't believe it. My dad walked out of the room and I didn't get a spanking. The next morning my brother was still talking. I thought to myself We're getting ready for conference. We're going to go to conference, and I'm going to forget all about this. Guess what? I come home from conference, and I go to bed at night, and I couldn't sleep. It's like, Dave, you told a lie. You were not telling the truth. And I fought that thing, I'm not sure how long, but I remember the night I finally got the courage to walk out of the room and my dad was in his study and the light was on and I knocked on the door. And I didn't know what to expect. I knew this, that for what I had done, I deserved a lot of punishment. I went into my dad and I said, Papa, you remember that night? After church, when we were in the room and you came in, I said, I was talking. Never forget what happened. Brings tears to my eyes today because my dad looked at me and he said, Dave, he said, let's get down on our knees and I want you to tell God what you've told me. You know what? (laughs) farm around me a father who embraces you and you know something i learned something that night about the grace of god that has stuck with me the rest of my life and i can honestly say that my relationship with my dad probably took a turn in that event to lay the foundation for years of blessing with each other Father who embraces you, but we're not finished. (laughs) We got one more. A father who gives you a place at the table. A father who gives you a place at the table and that's restoration. You have perseverance, you have compassion, you have forgiveness and now you have restoration. A love that communicates, I mean, new shoes, a robe, a ring, and a fatted calf. Can you catch the significance, people, of a father's love? So often in our relationships, are you listening to me? So often in our, are you listening to me? So often, are you listening? So often in our relationship, we put people in boxes. We say, he made his bed, let him lay in it. He sowed his wild oats, let him reap a bit. Or we say, I saw this coming. Or you might say, that's just the way that family is. And in the eyes of the elder brother, dad had crossed a line. I mean, a robe, a ring, shoes, and you gotta, You gotta be kidding me. We dare never forget, brothers and sisters, that sin, are you listening? Sin carries a tremendously high price tag. And what the prodigal son knew more than the onlookers, more than his elder brother, was the price and the cost of his sin. And he would never forget. But to rub failure in people's faces, to make people pay, to punish with gossip and condescension, to withhold a place at the table, is not the fatherly way, is not the fatherly way. Dietrich Bonhoeffer says something that has affected me. He says, anyone who has seen the wretchedness of his own sin that nailed Jesus to the cross will never be horrified by the rankest of sins in a brother or sister, but will simply say that but for the grace of God, there I go. So in conclusion this evening, regardless of where you are, you know what? This is exciting. Regardless of where you are Regardless of what kind of earthly father you had regardless of what kind of dysfunctional home you had These gifts Can be yours And perhaps some of us need to return home Home from distance from bitterness and resentment from broken relationships the kingdom echoes sing a song and a lot of times when I'm studying, I'll have a song playing, and this song was playing, and it's called The Search is Over. He knows what you're going through. He's walked in your shoes, and he's felt the pain till his tears fell like rain, and his heart broke in two. He knows how it feels alone. When all of your friends have gone and he's walked up that hill doing his father's will to die for you, and the chorus goes, the search is over. You found a friend for life. He'll lead you from the dark into his heavenly light. The search is over. Though your heart is breaking, Jesus is waiting. The search is over. We have a choice to make there are two roads to take, and you've carried sin's load when down the wrong road you've lost your way. Now the Father stands at the door, and he looks down the road once more, and he sees you coming home. You've wandered so long. Now it's homecoming day. Wow. I hope if you don't get anything else I've shared, I hope that you get a picture of our Heavenly Father and his gifts that he wants each of us to experience. Let's stand together. As we close our eyes, I would like for us to sing several verses. It's number 395 if you want to turn to it. Have thine own way, Lord. I think most of us know this from memory. But I just want to give an invitation. And the invitation is this. If God has been calling you, if God has been speaking to your heart and you've sensed his call, Maybe you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, but you want to do that. Or maybe you've wandered away and you want to come back. I'm just going to invite you to come forward as we sing together with our heads bowed and just praying to the Lord to accomplish his purpose in our midst tonight. We'll sing all four verses of this song together. let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for your Holy Spirit who ministers grace to our hearts, who reaches us in our place of need. And I thank you for your faithfulness and that you are a loving Heavenly Father that we can put our trust in and know that you are going to be faithful to us. I pray that you will bless us as we Dismiss. May your grace, mercy, and peace go with each one. We thank you in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.